1: Senior Care Live is the nation's premier radio program, providing information, education, and resources for seniors and their caregivers. This is a safe place to get accurate and reliable information you can absolutely count on. Each and every week, we discuss important issues such as how to remain independent in your own home, how to find the right senior care community, how to pay for the high cost of senior care, and legal issues involving elder law and estate planning. We also discuss senior-related health issues and how to care for the caregiver. As always, if you have a question, you can reach us on our toll free number anytime. That's 1 800 331 6445. 1 800 331 6445. You can also visit online the website. Really good. I would suggest that you check that out. I think you'll really like it. It's called Senior Care Live, L I V E, Senior Care All right. And without any further delay, let's. Introduce my friend and special guest today, Mr. David Wiley. He's the president and CEO of Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. And David, welcome back to Senior Care Live. Thanks, Steve. Good to be here today. All right. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? And Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Ate yeah. too much. Yeah, you know, well, yeah. did
0: all that stuff. Had great family time. <laughs> so it was really fun, though.
1: Yeah, and we, we had, I made so much, um, I, I, well, I do it on purpose, but I think we had leftovers for a week. So All right. now I'm tired of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Until next year. So, uh, well, David, it's that time of year when families are celebrating the holidays together and many have not seen one another for a very very long time potentially it could be the first time in years even and often this will be the time that family members will recognize a decline in their elderly loved ones and then that could indicate the need for more serious illness support known as palliative care so david what is palliative care you know steve it's a great question and um It's a term that's being
0: used, I think, more frequently um, within the healthcare community, but also more broadly. So palliative care, it's also referred to as supportive care or comfort care. And the purpose of palliative care is to manage uncomfortable symptoms uh, related to a serious disease or a treatment, such as uh, pain or shortness of breath, for example. And the primary goal is to optimize the quality of life for people that are coping with a serious um, health challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, It's offered alongside uh, curative and other treatments that a, a person may be receiving. It's also important to know that hospice is also palliative care, meaning its purpose is to help manage uncomfortable symptoms and optimize the quality of life. And the primary difference between palliative care and hospice care is that in the United States, hospice is a defined benefit under Medicare regulations, um, which is focused on what is expected essentially in the the last six months of life. So this means that Medicare has defined the eligibility of who qualifies for hospice and also defined the approved types of
1: care that most patients receive under hospice care. Okay, so palliative care does not have that time frame uh, attached to it, right? And you can be being treated for your disease or symptom management and still receive palliative care for much longer than six months, maybe even years. Absolutely. And it's uh, at at any stage of the, the disease progression. Okay. Yep. All right. So who can benefit from palliative care and when would a person be eligible for that type of care? Sure. Just you know,
0: just like we mentioned, um, really any person, so any child or adult who has a serious or life-threatening illness can benefit from palliative care. And you know, when you say child,
1: it mm. always catches me off guard. Sure. I always think of the elder elderly needing palliative care, but you do a lot of work with, with children in, in palliative care and hospice programs. So
0: we absolutely do. And and uh so I think that's important. Yeah. And because there's no defined um eligibility for who can participate, it really can start at any time or right at diagnosis. Okay. So when we think at Kansas City Hospice, um, we work with each person um, and uh, their families to define what the goals of care are for the patient. We help them access what's most appropriate to their needs. So there's three programs that we talk about. The first one, our advanced illness support program. So people that um, are referred to us right after diagnosis, they're not experiencing significant symptoms, but they they need support and navigation um, as they learn to manage their illness. Um, and address symptoms, which can be starting to interfere with their quality of life. Mm-hmm. A second um, is our uh, palliative home health program. So when someone has a skilled need, um, that's when they they um, have a more intense support that is needed to manage their symptoms um, uh, for their illness, such as pain, as an example. Um, that's an important program. And then thirdly, uh, people who are ready for hospice, um, who focus on comfort and symptom management uh, in the last six months of life. So our home hospice service can help them manage their serious illness, with their expenses essentially f- uh, fully covered uh, under the Medicare guidelines.
1: And what a beautiful financial gift that is uh, for for all all people covered under the Medicare benefit to fully cover that hospice service and all the things that come along and provided by hospice. That's, that is an absolute gift. It, it
0: absolutely is, and it's important. Uh, most people say, gosh, I wish I would have known about this sooner. So we like to educate people about that. Yep, absolutely. So what can a person expect from palliative care? You know, palliative care, it's its tailored to each patient's needs, so it really does look different for each person. Um, a palliative plan of care might include one or more of the following goals. So symptom management, such as pain or shortness of breath, um, easing treatment side effects such as fatigue or nausea, uh, finding strategies to adapt to physical and life changes that accompany a serious illness, uh, coping with f- feelings of depression, anxiety, or even grief, Um looking for resources to support patients through their illness, and then also helping make decisions that align with each person's values and their goals.
1: Okay, that's a lot of support. Yeah, (laughs) it's very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about that. So it sounds like it will be helpful for anyone facing serious illness at any stage, and that's just incredible. So you see families at every stage of serious illness. Do most people have a plan in place for their end of life? You know, it's a really good point, Steve, um, because we do sue
0: people at all stages of their serious illness. And I can tell you that, the time to have those conversations and to make decisions is really not when you're facing a health crisis or at the, at the end stage of a serious illness. Not only is it important to consider your own wishes, but it's crucial to have those conversations with your loved ones about your own wishes and theirs. So according to surveys done by the Conversation Project, which helps people talk about their end-of-life wishes, 92% of people, they say that talking with their loved ones Ones about end-of-life care is important, but only about a third actually have done that. Oh so, my, yeah. Yep, I mean, that's a it's it, a common issue.
1: Oh yeah, it, well, it's just tough stuff. Yep. And uh, so a third actually do that, wow. Right, and then about one out
0: of five people say they haven't had the conversation because they're afraid to upset their loved one, yet 95% of people say they're willing to have the conversation about end-of-life wishes. So 92% of us think it's important, 95% of us are willing to have the conversation about our, our own end of life, but no one wants to bring it up. So, it's really the most important conversation in America that we're not having.
1: Oh, my goodness. That is a lot of people who are not talking. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, That that's uh, – I, I think the numbers are, are stunning, but – I. But I, I can also, I can see that. it's It's just such a, such a difficult topic, but it needs to be done. So what advice do you have for family members who may recognize the time is now to have a conversation with their loved one about palliative care or hospice care, but they're just not sure where to start? Sure. So first, I think
0: recognize that if you haven't seen your loved one for an extended amount of time, Um, And this might be the first time that you note a significant decline in their physical or mental health. So my first recommendation is to prepare yourself emotionally for what that might mean. Okay, so remember, you typically don't need to have the conversation right away. So you want to research your options. You want to talk to professionals. You want to evaluate your own readiness to to have this conversation and then evaluate what resources are available. Like, for example, Kansas City Hospice. We have programs that are available at any stage of illness that we just talked about, and we can help um, guide patients and their caregivers towards a level of care and and what, what might fit best with their needs and wishes. Okay. Um, Next, you want to prepare yourself for the conversation. Um, So maybe write a letter to yourself or to a friend or practice the conversation. I think that's always a a good thing to do. And then finally, when you're ready to have the conversation, you want to, Choose a time when you don't feel rushed. You want to make note of your own concerns. Um, you want to make sure that you're listening for uh, what their wishes are. Uh, ensure you want to reiterate that you want to make sure that your loved one's safe, that they're independent as possible, that they feel ownership for the decision. Um, and it's, it's really possible that they've been worrying and feeling, um, worrying about this so they would feel relieved um, that you've opened up the communication. So I think that's really a good recap.
1: And I, I, think I would guess. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm sure of this a friend of mine is in a, a palliative, and I think getting ready to shift gears to a hospice situation. And he's most concerned about his wife. Sure. Uh, and and that is that is his. That's everything to him is making sure that all of this, all these these plans and everything that happens is going to uh, ultimately take care of her. So. It's an important consideration and things that people worry about. So, And uh, it, it's it, once you have the conversation, you break that ice, it's, uh, I think it's a relief for everyone to then uh, kick through that barrier and then start talking. It's a relief and it's just the beginning. All right. Let's move on to our Senior Care Live question of the week. Most people have had the end-of-life conversation with their loved ones. Is that statement true or false? We'll have the answer right after the break. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about the services offered on this program and how we can help you and your family, be sure to reach us on our toll-free number anytime. It's 1-800-331-6445. 1-800-331-6445. Don't forget you can stream this program to any electronic device. Super easy to do. Go to seniorcarelive.com. Click on the big microphone right there on the homepage, or the Listen Live button. Just give that a few seconds to connect, and then it'll start streaming to your electronic device, phone, tablet, computer, whatever you have. It really is that simple? And lots of people do that. All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. This one's a statement: Most people have had the end-of-life conversation with their loved ones. Is that statement true? Or false? And the answer is. False. And if you were listening carefully in that first segment, you would know that answer is false. Most people say they would like to have that conversation. They're even ready to have the conversation, but only about one third of all of us actually. Had the conversation. We're speaking with my friend and special guest today, Mr. David Wiley with Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. He's their president and CEO. And uh, I'll tell you what, I refer all of my inquiries and all of my clients to Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. You can trust them. I do. And you can definitely trust them, too. They'll do a great job for you. Here's the phone number if you'd like to reach out. It's 816-363-2600. That's 816-363-2600. You can also go online. There is a wealth of information. It's a fantastic website, kchospice.org, kchospice.org. And uh, David, we uh, we kind of left off. We were talking about, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're feeling that nudge to have that conversation and all this may be triggered by a holiday visit, seeing your, your loved ones, but you're just not sure how to start that. And, uh, we were talking off mic on the break and, uh, you said that you had some other things that you'd like to share about that. Yeah. You know, I think, um, as you think about having the conversation,
0: remember that <clears throat> it's very possible that, um, your loved one has been worrying, um, and that, that they'll feel relieved that you, you've opened up this communication. So that's one thing to remember. And that's mm-hmm. frequently happens or, um, it's possible that they'll feel defensive and concerned um, that that they, you know, that they don't want to leave their home. And I think that's natural. So just know that there will be there could be disagreements um, up front. Um, and that's OK, because if you that information is power, I think um, hopefully the research that you've done beforehand, that you'll um, be able to answer their questions. Uh, if you start the conversation early, um, you won't be facing this in a health crisis. Um, and that's important. You don't need to go from zero to 60. Um, just know that this is a series of conversations. It's not one and done. And sometimes just setting milestones, uh, you know, to, to have that conversation can be super helpful.
1: So David, w- w- what it sounds like is you have you maybe the adult children and they're hesitating on having that conversation. You have the adult who may not want to upset their children. They're both wanting to have that conversation, and they're just it's just not happening. So right. if you could just kind of, kind of just get through that barrier and start that conversation, what a world ahead you would be, uh, and everyone would feel a lot better. And like you mentioned off mic again, if you don't know your loved one's wishes, you can't help them achieve that. That's exactly
0: right. It's important for you to tell them what you want, um, and then everyone understands, and that's really important.
1: All right. So we've had or at least started that end of life conversation with our loved one. Then what, like you said, it's not one and done, right? You've just opened the door to that conversation. What is the next step? Well, you know, once you've had
0: the conversation um, about, um, you know, how you or your loved one wishes to cope with their serious illness, you ask for help so you can talk to your physician about what your needs are you could reach out directly to us at Kansas City Hospice to meet with one of our team members and we could work with you we could work with your physician to determine you know what that plan of care that best meets your needs i think learning as much as you possibly can uh, about your loved one's pr- Uh, prognosis is important. Mm -hmm. We can provide um, at Kansas City Hospice expert care. Our team provides expert knowledge to help each patient and their caregivers know what to expect. And the next step is to you know, the, the least fun, but it's really important, is paperwork. That paperwork, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we want to make sure that all the paperwork um, is up to speed, is needed, reviewed, understood. Um, there, this is also another important touch point in the conversation because a lot of education and materials um, can spark additional conversation that you might not have previously considered or you've discussed. And of course, We're available to help answer those questions and provide information or resources to help make those decisions. And finally, caregivers too often ignore their own needs. And it's really important to put a plan in place to care for themselves physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And at Kansas City Hospice, we have resources to help caregivers from learning to find joy through musical expression and art, taking much needed time for themselves by using our respite care services amen to
1: that caregivers need to take care of themselves uh, so that they can make sure their loved one is receiving everything that they need Uh, so joy is really important in our final couple of minutes here um, part of your mission is to help families find comfort hope, and even joy, how do you do that? And really could be a very difficult situation over the holiday season. How do you do
0: that? Sure. Um, Well, the holiday celebrations have already started. Just a couple of days ago, the Avila Chamber of Commerce a Chamber of Orchestra uh-huh. performed at the Kansas City Hospice House, which I think is awesome. Very nice. Uh, we also have Stuff a Stocking Program for Patients, which is an annual tradition for steel, field staff to take the, to their patients. Last year, we stuffed close to 100 stockings with holiday goodies for our patients. We also have an Adopt a Family Program for patients who might be struggling financially. So to add cheer through the holidays and participating families have filled out requests for specific items which are often um, basic needs like towels and hygiene products also gift cards target and walmart are are popular and of course we serve a lot of young families so there will be many who are asking for toys and quilts and other comfort items you know for the little ones so all of those things are happening right now
1: um, during the holiday season so for our listeners did you hear that Kansas City Hospice is the most charitable organization that I have ever met. The things that they do and the service and the support that they offer our community Uh, it's just, it's just stunning. It's just stunning. And December is the month of giving. And I know that you're thankful, David, for the many things that the donors help make possible for families served by Kansas City Hospice. But if someone would like to give in support of the Kansas City Hospice mission, how can they do that? The easiest way is to go onto our website,
0: which is kchospice.org, or you can always call um, our number at 816-363-2600. We have a wonderful family who's offered uh, to match all of our gifts during our year-end campaign this year, and that's up to $40,000, so a dollar-for-dollar dollar match, which is just awesome. Their story and much of the information about the campaign is on our website, again, at
1: kchospice.org. Wow. Okay, so so you can turbocharge every single dollar that you donate and, and the dollars are going to be matched up to 40,000. Let's make that happen, Kansas City 816-363-2600 or KC Hospice. David, thanks so much for all you do. It's just incredible. It's just my honor to to visit with you every month here in, in the studio. And I just appreciate you and everything that you and your organization do. I appreciate you and the chance to be here, Steve. And it's my honor as well. All right. We'll have more information right after the break. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free. 1-800-331-6445. For more information about the services offered on this program and how we can help you and your family, reach us on our toll-free number anytime. That's 1-800-331-6445. 1-800-331-6445. And don't forget, if you miss an episode of Senior Care Live, maybe you want to go back and listen to it again or maybe share it with friends or family. That's no worries at all. Just go to SeniorCareLive.com. Click on that podcast tab, and that's where you'll find all of the previously aired episodes. Just find the one that you want. Click the play button. Again, give it a few seconds to connect, and it'll start streaming to your electronic device. Lots and lots of people do that. A lot of people even subscribe to the podcast, and they just get it each and every week. How about that? All right, uh, just another thanks to Mr. David Wiley, the president. And CEO of Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. I'm just really glad that he uh, he was talking about you know that having that tough conversation. And I cannot tell you how many times I've seen this, how many stories I've heard, where again the adult child is just dreading having a really serious and and really a heavy conversation. With their uh, with their loved one, whether that's a, a, a parent or a grandparent or another another loved one and uh, and they're dreading it so they just don't do it. and, and but then you you kind of carry that with you and, and it's it's pretty heavy. It's, it, there's a lot of weight with with putting that off. And then you'll have the person you're wanting to talk to and they're wanting to talk, but they don't want to upset you. Because they love you, they care about you, and they don't want you to be upset. So they're kind of putting it off, and they're holding that weight on their shoulders along with everything else. uh, When, in fact, I, I, I wouldn't say most of the time, but many, many times, if you can just build the courage, open that door, and just have a conversation. Mom, I've been thinking about this and just really wanting to visit with you about this. And it could just be a super simple conversation like that, just a little conversation starter, just, just something really easy. And then I think you might be surprised that they've been wanting to talk about it. And you might find that this is a beautiful, it, it's difficult, but this, this beautiful breakthrough moment. When you're both able to talk about this and then uh, have, have that door opened and now you can move forward with, you know, like David said, one of the really tough things is kind of getting those documents in order and, and getting everything in place. But the bottom line is, if your loved one has wishes, they need to make them known. And if you don't have this conversation, you won't be able to make sure that their wishes are met and that's that's huge. You you have to do that. So find the strength, find the courage. Make sure it's the right time, uh, and 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 just just open that door. And I, I think you'll be glad that you did that. And then with Kansas City Hospice, they have a wonderful family that is willing and offered to match all year end gifts up to forty thousand dollars. That is phenomenal. So if you would like to make a year-end donation and gift to Kansas City Hospice, you can do that, and it will be matched dollar for dollar up to 40000 That's a really, really fantastic uh, matching offer. And again, you can reach uh, uh, out uh, to Kansas City Hospice, or you could just go on the website kchospice.org, and, uh, and you can... You can do that online. You could also call the foundation, and this is a separate number from KC Hospice. So the foundation number for the donation, 816-276-2617, and, uh, and that's for the uh, for the foundation to make that gift. Again, a year-end gift campaign matched dollar for dollar up to $40,000. right, so we're going to shift gears here. And, you know, last week we talked about some of the things that should trigger that conversation of considering from moving from your home to a senior care community. We talked about safety concerns around the home being the number one consideration, and that should definitely trigger the conversation. Uh, number two, when the health and well-being of the caregiver uh, begins to decline, that should definitely trigger the conversation. Uh, number three, it could be a financially driven decision uh, where just all of the support services that you need at your home uh, may become unaffordable at some point. And then last but not least, if you can't keep up with the demands of the, of the ever-increasing demands of caregiving, uh, why not consider moving, uh, uh, finding a great senior care community, move into that community, and then your role would change from that hands on caregiver, the care provider, to the care manager. Being a care advocate for your loved one and make sure that you're managing the care, make sure your loved one is getting everything that they need to receive and getting the great care they deserve. And then and then you can start to transition a little more uh, back to your traditional role as the loving spouse or the loving son or daughter, or the loving grandchild like I was. And, uh, and manage the care and make sure they're getting everything that they need. Uh, so that those things should trigger that conversation. But what to determine before you ever think about going out and looking at places. I, I've heard several stories just, just this last week of families who were just so stressed out and they just started literally just driving around. And, oh, yeah, here, here's a place. And just pulling into the parking lot and going in and talking to people. And then, oh, yeah, there's another place on my way to work. And it looks pretty nice. So, well, let's just go over there. And this is what I call the the shotgun approach. And it's kind of a, really a blind shotgun approach where you don't even know what these places do or offer. And you haven't even stepped back to figure out what you need than to see if what they offer is even a match or not, and because people do this and they're and they're stressed out and they're trying to do the best that they can do, so I'm not mad at them at all. I'm just uh, I'm just saying there there's a better way uh, uh, to do these things. But I'm going to help you if you do this on your own. I'm going to help you figure that out so that when you do go out looking for places and looking at places, uh, you can make the most of your time, and it will be a very focused and targeted approach. It's not going to be this blind shotgun approach. So let's jump into that. So what you must determine before ever even thinking about going out and looking for a senior care community, the average family is spending 50 to 100 hours of their time running around, looking at all these places, and guess what? <laughs> when it's time to make a decision, they still don't know if they have it right. That, that's, not a good, that's not a good combination. <laughs> Senior care consulting clients get through this in just four to five hours, and they are done. And so that's why so many people are calling Senior Care Consulting to have us help them through the search and selection process. If you want to do it on your own, you, you can certainly do that. But determine what level of care you need before even thinking about that. Well, Steve, what do you mean by level of care? What does that mean? Because frankly, some of these terms have been a little bit... Uh, kind of bastardized or homogenized or genericized in level of term excuse me level of care is uh, is used differently by different people so I'm, I'm gonna I'm going give you the, the real definition of that the real way to know what that is the level of care is tied directly to the licensure of the facility. Well, what does that mean? Well, the state licenses, they'll, they'll provide a license to a facility to provide a certain level of care. And that could be long-term care, which is the highest level of care, that medical model that we've talked about before. And that's uh, also known as a nursing home. Uh, the industry hates the term nursing home because it carries a lot of negative baggage. And uh, I, would, uh, I would remind them that that baggage was well-earned back in the day. Uh, and I would also remind them that the term nursing home, uh, I think most people understand that a nursing home is much, much improved today over, you know, back in the day, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Holy cow. Uh, they they earned the negative baggage, uh, but, it's, but it's much better today. So fortunately it is. But, but most people are now starting to call that level of care long-term care. And just think nursing home if you hear that. All right, another level of care and again related to the way that they are licensed through the state that they provide their service is assisted living. And that's that middle that's that middle lane. It's that social model helping you with your activities of daily living and that's assisted living. Another level of care is residential care. And what that is, is uh, I, I generally, there are always exceptions to all of this stuff. I generally refer to residential care as assisted living light. So they can help you with your activities of daily living. Uh, there, are, there are fewer staff because generally the residents living in residential care, generally speaking, are more uh, more independent, more capable, but they still need some help. Then you have Home Plus, which I would call assisted living uh, on the high side of things. And that is uh, uh, that level of care offered in a house and like in a ranch style house, anywhere from six to 12 residents, a great staffing ratio. It's a fantastic uh, level of care. Uh, And then intermediate care facility. Just think long term care without the Medicare rehab. That's what an intermediate care facility is. So you have to determine what level of care is best fit for your exact needs? If this sounds, if this sounds uh, really complicated, frankly, it is. It is. And I'm going to get more complicated, yay, <laughs> right after the break. Don't go away. I'll be right back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about the services offered on this program and how we can help you and your family, be sure to reach us on our toll-free number anytime, literally 24 hours a day. That number is 1-800-331-6445. 1-800-331-6445. And now I'm talking about what you must determine before ever even thinking about conducting a search when searching for a senior care community. And so I talked about it's going to get more complicated, and it is. There There are a lot of things to consider, and you have to know what you're looking for before you go out and look for it, right? That makes sense, right? And frankly, most people don't do this. So you will be way ahead of the curve if you go through this exercise and get this figured out before you do your search, and you'll spend a lot less time on your search. All right, so you have to determine that level of care again. Long-term care, also known as a nursing home. Do you need assisted living? Do you need residential care? Missouri breaks residential care up into two pieces. residential care, uh, are, are Residential care facilities, so RCF is what they call that, 1 and 2. And I don't know why they have to get uh, complicated with that, but you have RCF 1 and 2. Also, Missouri breaks assisted living into two pieces. And again, I don't know why this is necessary. I think it's overly complicated for no, no reason at all. But in Missouri, you have assisted living option 1 and option 2. So in Kansas is just assisted living residential care. Missouri breaks those down. Well, you have to understand that before you, while you're trying to figure all this out. Home Plus is a licensure level of care offered in the state of Kansas, not in Missouri. It sounds complicated. Yep, it is. Intermediate care facility can be offered on both sides of the state line. So once you figure out your level of care, then what type of care? Do you need? And this is the type of care. And I, I swear it's my life's mission to standardize this language uh, in the throughout the entire industry. I'm going to have a lot. That's an uphill battle, Steve. <laughs> but uh, but I, I'm I'm up for the challenge and willing to take it on. So the type of care. Number one, just general everyday care. I just call it general care. Your general care at long-term care, assisted living, residential care, home plus. Intermediate care facility. So just general everyday care within the parameters of that licensure or of that level of care. Everyday care. Another type of care, and this one's huge, is memory care. And the demand for that is increasing. It is absolutely skyrocketing. So what is memory care? It's a special type of care for someone with cognitive impairment due to Alzheimer's or dementia or stroke or Parkinson's. There could be a lot of reasons, but it's a special type of care for someone with, with memory issues and cognitive impairment. And, and, and you may have cognitive issues and not need memory care. But you may need it in the future. You may need it now. But it is a type of care that is available in every single level of care. Again, long-term care, assisted living, residential care, home plus an intermediate care facility. All of them uh, could offer, and many of them do offer, memory care. And I'll tell you what, that term is completely and totally misused, and completely abused in our marketplace. A lot of people, I think, intentionally talk about memory care. They use that term, memory care, as though it is a level of care, and it is not. It is not. Memory care is a special type of care that can be offered at the levels of care of long-term care, assisted living, residential care, home plus an intermediate care facility. Not all people need it, but a whole lot of people do. And and, and again, the, the demand for memory care is absolutely skyrocketing. I would say, uh, especially at the long-term care slash nursing home level in the Kansas City area, uh, we are near capacity. We are just about at a crisis situation and um, it's getting tough out there. I'll tell you that. Another type of care, this one's very specific, is skilled nursing and rehab. Skilled nursing and rehab. Well, you can't get skilled nursing and rehab from any other level of care other than long-term care, also known as a nursing home. Has to be licensed as a skilled nursing facility offering Medicare certified rehab therapies. So the most common example of that is, let's say someone's, you know, living independently or, or they could be at a care facility. They they have an accident. They fall. They fracture a hip. Very, very common. They go to the hospital and the hip is either pinned back into place or uh, they may need a major surgery to replace the hip. And then after you're in the hospital for three overnights, three midnights, that's the trigger. That's the golden number that triggers an automatic, automatically paid for and provided stay in skilled nursing and rehab covered by your Medicare benefit. So that one's very specific. And then you could, the, another type of care, mental health care. That's a very, very specific type of care for someone with mental health issues. Hospice care could be required. Respite care could be required and provided by all of these places. So So you have the level of care and the type of care, and now you have to figure out how are you going to pay for this. And, you know, hold on to your wallet. I've talked about the prices before. And guess what? They're all going up 3 to 5% after the first of the year. So I just get ready to have another small increase. And it, it just, it bumps up a little bit every single year. But payment methods, private pay, if you hear that term, that's using your own resources to pay for your care. You're writing a pretty good-sized check every single month. Uh, you could uh, be covered, again, under that Medicare benefit. That could pay uh, be the payment method for your skilled nursing and rehab. Medicare is not going to pay for anything else. Hear that loudly and clearly. I talked about that with Mark Squires about a month ago. Medicare does not pay for your long-term stay in a nursing home. It does not pay for assisted living, residential care, home plus, intermediate care facility. It will pay for that post-hospitalization, skilled nursing and rehab stay, and it it has uh, a lot of parameters on it. I won't go into that today, but that is what it will pay for, and that is it. It's a great benefit, but it's very, very limited. And wonderful, but limited. Okay, the Medicaid program uh, may be a payment method that could help you pay for your care. You could be uh, also involved in long-term care insurance, the VA aid and attendance uh, program. Lots of ways to pay for that, uh, but those are your payment methods. Then location, we all want to be as close as, as possible. Personal preferences and needs could be something very specific to you and your needs. If that sounded complicated, oh my goodness, it is. Senior care, That those are the elements of a Jerry care assessment. And guess what we do at Senior Care Consulting. We walk you through all of that very, very simply. And we make that whole search and selection process very, very simple. And it'll take just a few hours of your time. If that is resonating with you, I invite you to call me at Senior Care Consulting and ask for a free consultation. 913-945-2800. 913-945-2800 or online at SeniorCareConsulting.com. All right. I'm your host, Steve Kieker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. I'll see you next week right here on Senior Care Live.